When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. No Canty, no Carlin today. I'm Gabe Nigel along with Nick Friedel as we fill in on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also listen to us, just say, uh, on your smart speaker. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. The saga between the New York Jets and Green Bay Packers continues to drag on, Nick, as both sides feel that they have leverage. Both sides are sitting there thinking, well, if we sit here long enough, the other side is going to panic a little bit. And the Packers, meanwhile, are trying to hold firm and maybe get what they thought they were originally going to get. Charles Robinson, who is a Yahoo Sports NFL reporter and had a story a couple of weeks ago about what this draft compensation could potentially look like coming back to the Packers in exchange for Aaron Rodgers. He was on ESPN Milwaukee's Wilde and Tausch and had this to say about Aaron Rodgers' comments and how they've impacted these trade discussions. What happened was, you know, they had sort of trade parameters worked out. And then when Aaron went on Pat McAfee and said that I'm 90% retired, I was 90% retired when I went into the darkness retreat, I think it scared Woody. You know, I think that was one of those things that scared him. And then from the broader perspective, he continues to look at these other teams that made big moves and were promised things by their general managers. Hey, this is going to put us over the top. We're going to be in contention immediately as soon as, you know, again, going back to Denver, as soon as Russ walks through the door we're going to be in contention, and then it completely went in the opposite direction. So I think that gives him a little bit of nervousness. And by the way, it, it doesn't help that the Jets know, like everyone else, next year you got two quarterbacks at the top of the draft that are going to be – everybody you talk to that's uh, involved in basically scouting right now or personnel will tell you that those guys are – you know, Caleb Williams, Drake May are going to be superstars. And I think that's part of the nightmare scenario in Woody's mind is – what if this ends up being a super high pick and all of a sudden it's not ours because catastrophe happened in, in 2023. We didn't uh, protect ourselves. You knew that the Russell Wilson trade was going to have some ripple effects across the league because they thought they were going to be good. Instead, now a team that was in the postseason because they traded away Russ has the number five overall pick in the Seattle Seahawks. And it, it just seems like, well, yeah, of course, how did you not know this guy was close to retirement? He's been talking about it, you know, each of the last couple of seasons. And I guess maybe the 90% retirement going, you know, into the darkness um, that he that Rodgers had said on McAfee scared Woody Johnson even more. But it just adds another level of, okay, these two teams trying to get on the same page to make this deal finally actually happen because we all know it's going to happen. I just want to know when that day is going to come like everybody else gave because I'm sick of the blinking gun test. <laughs> I am sick of of watching this from a distance and reading the next layer and, and seeing all these different things pop up. Just make it happen. Aaron Rodgers has said what he said many times on <laughs> on the McAfee show, and, and he sounds like a guy who is content with the next step. 
the Packers, by what they've said and what they haven't said, seem like they're ready and content to move on. So just sit down. I feel like we're in the opening scene of Wedding Crashers. Can't we find some some middle-of-the-road good feelings here somewhere again? <laughs> you want to throw some miles my way? Hey, you know, I'm not going to – I'll take them. You want to throw some miles my way? I'll take them, Nick. So it, it's unbelievable that it, it seems like – that fair compensation at this point would be a second, one of those two second-round picks that the Jets have this year, 42nd or 43rd, and then a second-round pick next year with some escalators, whatever those escalators end up being. If the Jets go to the AFC Championship game, it becomes a first-round pick. Then, you know, if that happens, it's a back-four first-round pick anyway, so let's go ahead and do that. The Packers seem pretty steadfast right now that they want it to be a guaranteed first-round pick no matter what. From the sound we just heard from Charles Robinson, they're pushing back on that. But it just seems like, why can't we just have somebody be the adult in the room? Because the Jets seemingly are, oh, we're going to sit here, we're going to hold, and the Packers are going to panic. And the Packers think the Jets are going to panic when, in actuality, we're going to hit the day before the draft. And that I, I feel very confident Again, that just watching this thing from inside the state of Wisconsin, it's going to be two seconds with one of those seconds potentially turning into a first, and we're just all being dragged through this entire process for two more weeks. Having had the experience that you've had, Gabe, why aren't there more people in Wisconsin up in arms saying, Aaron Rodgers is our guy, we have watched him develop for close to two decades. Why does it seem like the fan base is ready to move on as well? Uh, because he, because it's probably some of the things he said on the Pat McAfee show. He's opened himself up to more criticisms. Uh, he was never as beloved by the fan base as Brett Favre was before him, where Brett had opened up and was very open about the addiction issues that he went through, very open about his family. And Rogers was closed off for a long portion and has opened up and opened himself up to some criticisms by some of the activities that he enjoys doing, um, by you know some of the misleading he's done by opening up on, on at, at different times. So I, I think the fan base just hasn't, you know, really just kind of grabbed him and loved him the way that they did Brett. Certainly appreciated the way he played quarterback. Certainly appreciated as, you know, the, the four-time MVP part of it. But when you go eight and nine on a team that you thought was going to be a Super Bowl team or not, a, yeah, maybe even a Super Bowl team at the beginning of the season, you missed the playoffs. People kind of got sick and tired of it and they're ready to move on. And it's, it's wild to me because I would still keep Aaron Rodgers till the wheels fall off because who knows what happens behind him. Like if Jordan Love bombs, I'm not ready for that. As a Packers fan living in the state of Wisconsin, Nick, my entire life, we've had a great quarterback. I'm terrified. What a of, life. Yeah, right. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Let me tell you. Which is why I am terrified of losing that luxury as a football fan. I have known more often than not when I turn on the television on Sunday, my team's going to be relevant. I don't want to live the life of a Houston Texans fan if there are any out there. Like, I don't want to live the existence of a team that's going to go 3-14 and 14 and be picking in the top five again. Like, that's, not, that's not a life I want to live. Gabe, you live it every day as a Packer fan, but doing what you do in Wisconsin, why are the Packers so confident that Love, who hasn't really had much game experience at all in these last few years, is ready to take this step? I don't know if they are. Because the first thing that Matt LaFleur said when he had the opportunity to speak on the subject was, hey, we got to be patient. We got to be patient. You got to be, you know, there's going to be growing pains. You got to be patient. Like LaFleur right away threw up, hey, 
this isn't going to be as smooth as you guys think it might be. There are still going to be growing pains, and part of that is also the roster around him. Like it just they have on their roster right now really no starting tight end. They they have somebody they took in the third round a couple of years ago, but they're probably not going to end up offering Josiah DeGuara, a name that I did not think I'd be saying today, a second <laughs> contract, right? Like that's not going to happen. And then they've got three wide receivers who they all drafted last year on the roster and that's about it for pass catchers. So it is barren in terms of what they have. They're really going to have to build this thing through the draft. They're bottoming out. They're going to be a young team. And when you have that lack of experience around you, and you're also the one with not a ton of experience in Jordan Love, there are going to be a lot of growing pains. But I guess the positive of that, if you're the Packers, is thinking, okay, maybe we go through those growing pains together. But it is a big swing for Brian Gutekunst, their general manager, Matt LaFleur, their head coach, because if this doesn't work out, like you're almost staking your career by trading Aaron Rodgers and betting it all on Jordan Love. Is there any chance after all of the uh, the back and forth that there can be a happily ever after between Rodgers and the Packers, or, or are we past that point now? Oh, no, it's, it's – I mean, not in terms of him ever playing here again. I'm sure, just like when Brett Favre was here, I'm sure they'll come up with some sort of after he retires – all right, we'll come up with something where we can continue to sell Aaron Rodgers merchandise. Everybody's going to profit off of this. You're going to come back. Number's going to get retired. Go into the Team Hall of Fame. Come back, have the name up on the side of Lambeau Field, which is what happens when um, you know somebody goes into the Hall of Fame and they played the majority of their career for the Packers. So they'll, they'll come up with some sort of relationship that works from a functional standpoint in terms to do all that stuff after he retires, but there is no chance. Like they're, They've moved on to Jordan Love. He's, he's never playing another down for the Green Bay Packers ever again. That's what's so fascinating to me about this, because you brought up these guys are basically staking their reputations right now on this next phase happening and working out over time. You flip to the other side and you see the Jets. It's like, okay, we're taking all our chips and we're pushing them <laughs> in on Aaron Rodgers at this stage of his career. I think he's still an incredible talent. But, Gabe, if it doesn't work out... And what the hell do the Jets do now? Um, it, it, it seems like almost Robert Sala's almost taking his Jets career. I mean, he'll this is right. This is it for Robert Sala. You In better make this work, big man, because well, if not, uh-oh. so you, you you went and you hired an offensive court. You fired your offensive coordinator, hired a new one who f- flamed out spectacularly in Denver. Like it was terrible. Oh. With, with Nathaniel Hackett with as the, the head coach. the crowd counting down on the, uh, the game clock. <laughs> you know, so the good, new, the good news is, you know, Nathaniel Hackett doesn't have to worry about the game management, clock management type things. He's the offensive coordinator. All that stuff goes to the head coach. He just has to worry about being the play caller. But I don't know if you feel great about, you know, an offense that was averaging around 17 points per game with Russell Wilson and the bevy of wide receivers that they have in Denver. So Nathaniel Hackett, who has a great working relationship with Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers certainly does sing his praises, as does Matt LaFleur, but you're staking a lot on a guy who just fell on his face pretty hard to bring him in and Aaron Rodgers. It's a short-term thing. If you have the success, great. But then what happens if Aaron Rodgers retires at the end of the year? Then, if you're the Jets, to me, you press the button and you just totally uh, start seeing what else is out there. Because they clearly believe that they have the defense that they're going to oh, need. Oh, and they do. Uh, and and Salah's 
making the calls that he needs to make on that end of, uh, of the field. If you add Aaron Rodgers, though, and he can't get this offense to wake up and play at a higher level, if you're the Jets, good luck to you because but, it's going to take that kind of capital uh, to to get the type of, of quarterback that – uh, you you think you'd be acquiring potentially for one year? What kind? Uh, what what constitutes a successful season for the Jets? Because the AFC is stacked; it's absolutely loaded. That's where the Bills and that's where the Bengals and that's where the Kansas City Chiefs all reside. And oh, by the way, we were just talking about the Baltimore Ravens. If Lamar does indeed go back to them, that's going to be another really good team in that division. The Dolphins before Tua ended up getting all the concussions he had at the end of the season. They were lighting up scoreboards because of what their offense was doing. The AFC is loaded. It is stacked. And expecting them to just get Aaron Rodgers, and in a sport where continuity and chemistry seemingly is very important, especially on the offensive end, making a jump all the way to a Super Bowl appearance, that seems like a high expectation, especially for a franchise, Nick, that has not been to a playoff game. They have not played a playoff game since the 2010 season. Well, see, this is where Tom Brady once again did no favors for Aaron Rodgers because Gabe, he changed the uh, the way you look at all quarterbacks at this oh, stage. Oh, he ruined the curve. Of he ruined the career. curve for everybody. And, and he changed how quickly everything could come together because that is the issue. If you're the Jets and you believe that you have this defense that can win it all and you believe you have the coach in place to get the defense to play at an even higher level. Well, then you're adding a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best we've ever seen, play the position, but you're banking on him to get all those changes to happen immediately. And that's the biggest question to me as we go through this summer of what is it going to take to make this deal finally happen. Each day that goes by is another missed opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to get in the building to learn everything he's going to need to learn with a new team. Of course, having Hackett there is going to smooth out that transition. But he's got to be learning where his guys like the ball and what they like to do on the field. It's the same thing that Tom Brady did in Tampa. It's one of the first things we heard when he signed. He was taking his guys to go work out and get those reps in. We know the deal's going to happen, but because it hasn't happened to this point, I think it's it, it hurts the the Jets much more because they're going to need Rodgers to come in, hit the ground running, and be the type of difference maker that he's been so many years in Green Bay. Well, and the great part for Brady when he did it with Tampa, he got Gronk to go with him. He brought a Hall of Fame talent with him. Aaron Rodgers is bringing Alan Lazard. And how many people out there know who Alan Lazard is other than maybe you saw he signed a four-year, $44 million, $22 million guaranteed deal to go to the Jets this offseason. There aren't a lot of people that knew that he was the Packers' number one wide receiver last year and had a career year with, like, 800 yards. So they, it's, he's, he's a fine receiver, but he's not grunk, right? Like it, That's the security blanket. Cool. Tom Brady's security blanket was one of the best tight ends to ever play. So that ends up being... You know, that that also, I think, helps with the transition. He, he brought a Hall of Fame talent along with him to kind of take some pressure off the Godwins and the Evanses of that team. And this is still going to be a really young team. They, they, you know, the, 
Brees Hall, when is he going to be coming back and be able to get a little bit of that chemistry with Rodgers? Obviously, they really like the receiving core that they have, and, and that's a big reason why you know they want to have that really good quarterback in there. But there, there's just so much more that goes into this. I'm really curious as to what will constitute a successful season for Jets fans. That's what I want to know because I see Greeny on Get Up. I hear Greeny on his radio show, you know, just super excited that that Aaron Rodgers is going to be his quarterback for his favorite team. And clearly they, they're just chomping at the bit to make the postseason, as I mentioned. I haven't been there since 2010. But is that enough? Is a wild card berth enough after getting Aaron Rodgers? Or do you have to get to the division around? Do you have to play in the AFC Championship game with a berth to the Super Bowl on the line to have this constitute a success if you're the New York Jets? Gabe, a success for the Jets is getting to the Super Bowl because, and we've outlined it over the course of the conversation, if you're acquiring Aaron Rodgers, you're not playing for the future. No. <laughs> you're nope. playing for right, right now. now. You better not only get into the postseason, but you better have a, an enormous amount of set, a success once you roll in because when you start looking at all the differences that are going to come on this roster and the assets that they have to give up in order to make this happen, Aaron Rodgers has to be the difference, and he has to be to, the guy to raise the level of play of everybody else on that offensive side. If he can't do that and they get into the playoffs and get knocked out in the first round – well, then what the hell is the difference from what they could have done by just sticking with Mike White or anybody else prior to the fact that he left? Canteen Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com careers and apply online today. We head back to the association and talk about the five players who need to win an NBA title this year. We discuss next. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. A pitch away from nailing it down. Here's the 2-2. Swung on and missed. It is in the books. Greg Maddox is the 22nd man in Major League history to win 300 games. That's what it sounded like on ESPN Radio. 
when Hall of Famer Greg Maddox won his 300th of 355 games in his Major League Baseball career. It's Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Alongside Nick Friedel, I am Gabe Neitzel, and we are excited to talk to that Hall of Fame pitcher, the four-time NL Cy Young Award winner, 18-time Gold Glove winner, and World Series champion, Greg Maddox, who is going to be, uh, along with 78 PGA Tour champs and 40 sports and entertainment stars, competing in the second annual Invited Classic, which is coming up April 21st to the 23rd at the Las Colinas Country Club in Irving, Texas. Tickets are free. All you have to do is go to invitedcelebrityclassic.com. More on that in just a moment. Greg, thank you so much for the time. And as we sit here now, two weeks into the 2023 baseball season, the pitch clock seems to be fully implemented. Are you a fan? Have you enjoyed baseball with a clock? Yeah, I have. I like it. It's a lot cleaner, a lot crisper, uh, moves along a little bit better. Uh, nobody likes a slow game, but no, nobody's in a hurry to get the game over with, too, at the same time. But uh, uh, it's nice to see uh, the non-lollygagging going on between pitches this year. <laughs> Greg, the, the MLB made so many big changes, and we're getting adjusted to them now. As a great of the game, what other big change would you like to see them make in the future? Oh, big change. Uh, God, I really haven't thought about it a whole lot, I guess, off the top of my head. I mean, maybe move the fences back a little bit. You know, that would be good. Make it harder to hit a home run. But I guess they're doing things to try to score more runs now. So, uh, uh, you know, I think the rules they put in play are pretty good. I think, uh, uh, you know, the shift and all that stuff seems to be working out okay. The bigger bases, that doesn't really seem to matter that much. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the two throwovers or two disengagements you're allowed per hitter, uh, we'll kind of have to see how that plays out as the season goes on. Talking with Greg Maddox, Hall of Famer here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and the ESPN app. I'm Gabe Nights, along with Nick Friedel. Why do you think we got to the point where this was necessary? Because in your day when you were pitching, it seemed like you talked about the pace of the game, and it, it seemed like it was there. How, over the course of the last 10, 15 years, do we get to a point where we needed the pitch clock in Major League Baseball? Well, obviously, it's TV. It's to accommodate TV. I think uh, setting out a three-hour block for a baseball game is kind of what TV wanted. So I think uh, uh, we're doing things to try to keep the games under three hours. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't think it – I think the best team's still going to win this year. I, I, I think the cream's always going to rise to the top. So uh, uh, the rules are a little different, but I think the outcome's going to be the same. Greg, as far as today's game goes – There is so much hype surrounding Shohei Otani. You're one of the greatest pitchers the game has ever seen, and and you better than anybody know that chicks dig the long ball. What impresses you most about Shohei? (laughs) Well, both sides. I mean, uh, uh, you know, he's one of the top two or three pitchers in the game, and he's one of the top two or three power hitters in the game. I mean, uh, We've never seen a player like that before, and uh, it's definitely fun to watch. You know, uh, uh, you know, you can watch him throw a shutout one night and go deep the next night. I mean, it's uh, kind of special to see a guy that good just dominate so as much as he does. Is there so, anybody he reminds you of? Is there anybody comparable that you've come across? Well, he he, he kind of reminds you of. 
Nolan Ryan, and then he reminds you of freaking Barry Bonds. I mean, he's, he's both of those guys. I mean, he's he's got great stuff, and he can hit a home run with with, with the best of anybody. So, uh, uh, I mean, he's he's nobody else has done it before. I mean, the last guy was who? Maybe Babe Ruth. I mean, nobody's been able to do that. Talking with Greg Mannix, the Hall of Famer here on Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. I'm Gabe Nitzel along with Nick Friedel. Who else do you like to watch? If you're flipping around and, and you see this guy is pitching, who else do you enjoy watching pitch in today's game? Uh, well, I did spend some time in the Rangers with the Rangers this spring training. So, uh, obviously, DeGrom, Evaldi, uh, Haney, uh, Martin Perez, you know, those guys uh, – uh, really enjoy watching all those guys pitch and, and, and seeing how Bochi uses the bullpen late in the game to match up. Uh, uh, you know, always been a fan of Grinky, Kershaw, you know, kind of the older guys, Verlander. Uh, I like watching all those guys. And, you know, Brave staffs always, they always throw out some good staffs in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, I don't watch a lot of baseball, but I do watch some baseball. And uh, it, when those pitchers pitch, I, kind of tend to watch uh you know two or three or four innings of that greg are we past the days because of the way the game has changed of seeing another 300 game winner well never say never i mean uh you know it doesn't seem as likely now because the uh the innings pitched are going down so it's going to be harder to win games i think the amount of starts are going down you know, I think uh, the generation before us was throwing 300 innings. We were throwing, you know, 250, and now they're kind of down to 200. So I think uh, uh, in order to win 300 games, you, you have to pitch a lot of innings. And I think just based on the innings pitch, it's going to be a lot harder for somebody to do it, say, in the next, you know, 20 years. Why were you guys able to throw 250 innings, and, and today's guys are only 200? That's a good question. Well, it's almost like, you know, they had the, you know, back in the day they had the three-man rotation, then it went to four-man rotation, then it's five-man rotation. And, uh, you know, now it's still pretty much the five-man rotation. There are a couple six-man rotations out there. But the off days, the fifth guy rarely gets rarely gets skipped now. You know, I think uh, we always tried to make about 33 starts a year, and I think that's down to about – 30 now for the guys so uh i don't know why that happened it just did i don't know greg on a present day matter you have been the face of vegas baseball for years and years and years do you think we are finally getting to a point where las vegas is going to get its own team in the next couple of seasons well, we're getting close, you know. I think word on the street is 2028 is kind of what I keep hearing. So uh, uh, I think we've got a good chance to get Oakland then. At least that's what I hear. Uh, of course, nothing's been finalized or set yet or anything like that, but I think the city could definitely support a Major League Baseball team. We've done uh, we've done great with the Knights and the uh, Raiders here now. And uh, we have a WNBA team. The Aces are here now as well. So, uh I don't see why not. I think it'd be great. I know I'd love to go to some games here in my hometown. Greg Maddox, Hall of Fame pitcher, joining us on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM Channel 80, Gabe Neitzel and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys. So you have this uh, 
great golf event, the second annual Invited uh, Invited Classic. Uh, it's coming up April 21st through the 23rd, Las Colinas Country Club in Irving, Texas. Who are some of the celebrities? Is, is your former teammate John Smoltz going to be there? And if he is, how many strokes does he have to give you? <laughs> well, he'll have to give me, I don't know, probably at least five or six a day. I don't even know if that's going to be enough. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Smoltzy, I heard, is playing. Glav's going to play. Uh, so it'll be good to catch up with those guys again. Uh, Mark DeRosa's playing. Uh, Brian McCann. So there's a lot of ex-Braves in this thing. So it'll be fun to – it's always fun to see your old teammates. And then it's always nice to uh, see some of the NFL Hall of Famers. And, and it's always great to play with the golfers. I mean, I grew up – these are the guys I grew up watching, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, to get it – last year I got a chance to play with Corey Pavin. Uh, Duffy Waldorf. I played with Scott Perrell, who ended up winning the tournament, so that was pretty cool. And uh, uh, you know, I'm a golf junkie. I'm a golf fan, and you know, these are the guys that are kind of my age, and uh, our careers kind of matched each other as we were in our 20s and 30s. So it's nice to uh, kind of be retired and go out there and play golf with these guys. Well, you did mention your two former teammates there, and Smoltz, Glavin, yourself. Where do you rank those uh, in terms of like a big three? Where do you guys rank all time? As a starting rotation? Yeah. Uh, I got to think we got to be pretty high up on the list. You know, I think there's there, there's been a lot of really good rotations over the years. But I think, uh, you know, we 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 did it for 11 years straight. So I think that uh, I think that says a lot. I think our longevity was uh, was pretty good. I think, uh, you know, you look at some of the dominant rotations. I think when I was first coming up, you had Dwight Gooden, Ron Darling, Sid Fernandez. Uh, I can miss another guy in there too. That was in New York, but you know, they had a great rotation, but uh, they weren't able to sustain it for the, you know, like for the whole decade, like I think we were able to do. So I think that, you know, kind of gives us a little bit leg up. I think the Orioles had a rotation back in the day. That was also pretty good. Greg, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it, and best of luck. Get as many as you can. You know, don't don't let him. You know, <laughs> underscore you. You know, you got to oh, yeah. get as many as you can yeah. out of Smoltzy next week. There's no there's no pride in asking for extra shots. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it, Greg. Good luck next week. All right, we'll see you guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, again, Greg Maddox joining us here on ESPN Radio. InvitedCelebrityClassic.com is where you can go and get those tickets for free. So you happen to be in the Texas area, the Irving, Texas area. It's at Las Colinas Country Club next week, the 21st through the 23rd. InvitedCelebrityClassic.com. You can also watch live on the Golf Channel all three days of the competition. And proceeds from the event are going to benefit the Momentous Institute, an important North Texas nonprofit dedicated to helping children in need. Coming up next on Canty and Carlin, we'll dive into the five NBA players who need a championship. That's up next. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. 
and boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Nick Friedle. I'm Gabe Nigels. We fill in for Canty and Carlin today as we get closer and closer to the actual start of the NBA postseason, which will be on Saturday. And it got us thinking, Nick, five players. And if you have a list or just have a player or two that you think we miss out, Give us a call at 888-729-3776-888-SAY-ESPN. List of five players who you believe need to win an NBA championship this season. You got a list? You ready to go? I got a list. Let's do it. And I, and I, would, I would tweak it only to say I think these guys have the most pressure on them okay. to get this title sure. coming into this postseason. All right. All right. Here's my list. We're starting at five. Starting down at number five. Jason Tatum, Celtics. They have got to find a way to push through. But the reason I don't have him up top, like I know some other people do, is because the Celtics are built, Gabe, to have a lot of success (laughs) for a long time. Still a really young team. Feels like he's going to have some opportunities coming up here. He's going to have some chances, okay? Uh, Number four for me. James Harden. I am so sick of hearing everybody say, oh, it's James Harden's time. He can do it this time. (laughs) At some point, he's going to run out of time. Here we are with Embiid, the likely MVP. James Harden, this is his time to shine in Philly. Number three, Jokic. Jokic has won two MVPs. He was in the middle of the conversation uh, the, the whole season. He's been awesome. Can the rest of that team help him, and can he lift them up? I have my doubts, but the pressure's on. Number two is Embiid. He's talked so much about being the guy winning the award. He's going to win the award, it seems like. Can he lift up a group that has had some strong moments in the regular season but just has never found the playoff success that it needs? And number one for me, Mr. Neitzel, this one's very simple in my mind. It is uh, yeah. Chris Paul. Yep. Chris Paul has had every different chance. He was two games away in the finals a couple years ago. You want to talk about a guy who does not look like the same player one, but who just doesn't have the time as the other guys on this list? It's Chris Paul. He's got Kevin Durant. He's got Devin Booker, who's going to end up in the Hall of Fame, playing at a really high level. He's got all he needs. Can he pump up the gas tank one more time and finally win in Phoenix? We're going to find out. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, that, to me, CP3, yes, is very obviously the number one. Are four through one exactly the same? Uh, one through four. And, and CP3, for all the reasons that you said with Tatum, the reason why he's up there is because, yes, his, his chances are just so limited. Mm-hmm. Who knows how much longer he plays? And it, it feels like if he retires without a title, can we continue to call him the point god? Can that continue to be his nickname? You play for that long and you don't end up with a championship. Are you really the point god? 
I don't know, see how I don't see how it can stick in the same light that it's been in for so long. <laughs> because Gabe, if you're the point god, you've got at least one title. Yeah. If you don't have that title, good luck to you. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm. I'm not saying, hey, go out there and you know match Jordan six. I'm just asking for one. <laughs> like, it just doesn't seem like it's asking a lot for the point god. I mean, he's a deity. He's a, he's god. a, he's a point prince. If he can't <laughs> yeah, win this year, if he can't, yeah, then, then he's the point prince. Um, Embiid for a lot of the reasons that you listed, he's going to be the MVP this year. Um, He's going to have a tough road there. He's going to have to go through the Celtics. He's going to have to go through uh, the Bucks, presumably, in order to get there. He certainly has a tough road. And while the East isn't as deep as the West, their top three teams are so good. Yep. And I, I, I wonder if the other guy who's number four on my list, James Harden, who's not Harden of you know three, four years ago, still very efficient. You know, He still can have nights where he can light it up and, and has done that at different points where he's had big games against teams like the Bucks this season. But can he do it enough on a consistent basis to help Embiid and be that true number two to get them to a title? Jokic is a two-time MVP. And look, a lot of his depends upon probably the health of Jamal Murray. I, clearly, you can't do this yeah. by yourself, especially when you have as many good teams as we have in the NBA this year. And if Murray and that thumb prevent him from being an efficient shooter, it's going to be tough for the Nuggets to navigate a very deep Western Conference. But if you're a two-time league MVP, you continue to get high seeds in the West, but you can't even make a deep run. Like Then it's like, okay, why is your stuff only working the regular season? Why are you the Marty Schottenheimer of the NBA? Like Those are questions <laughs> oh, I feel that you know could be potentially asked. It's coming. <laughs> those questions are coming in Philly, too. Philly and Denver, you got some explaining to do here. My, my guess is they use a different example from Marty Schottenheimer, but you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> and my, I, I just put, I, I felt those four were on just such a different planet and, and a different level than anybody else. So my number five isn't, like, I don't think he needs to win, but I think this is a great opportunity for him to take that next step, and I think that's Giannis. When you start talking about Giannis, a two-time league MVP, defensive player of the year, and all these accolades he's had, like, for him, all that he cares about now is just collecting as many championships as he can and being a number one seed, being as deep of a team as the Bucks are, having home court advantage throughout the entire NBA postseason. It's a great opportunity for him to grab that second championship and take that next step out of that next wrong as he continues to work his way up on the list of greatest players of all time I think it's a terrific point Giannis is the guy for so many other people in the league right now Gabe if he wins another title and that is so contingent on Chris Middleton and Holiday being healthy but if Giannis can pull him through one more time he elevates to a different place than we've seen him and he's still so young he can get so much better Coming up next, our long national nightmare is coming to an end. We'll let you know what that is. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.